I'm Jan Suk Fong Lee. And I'm Dina Del Bucchia. And this is Can't Live. Do, 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 do. Can't Live. We talk about books and stuff. Hi. Hey guys. Can't Live <laughs> is back. Did you miss us? Were you sad? Did you cry into your pillow? I don't want to hear about it unless they were crying. Yeah. I mean, we do want to hear about you crying. Only when you miss us, though. You can't, we don't want you to be sad for any other reason. <laughs> yeah. Like, listen, if your sports team didn't win, I don't want to hear about it. I only care about sports if there's somebody dating Taylor Swift. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, I mean, I know that about you. I think everyone who listens to this podcast probably could guess that about me. It's actually one of your best qualities. I mean, the, uh, the, uh, I love this whole, by the way, this is like not what I was going to talk about, but we decided we're going to be chaotic anyway. This whole Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing makes me so unbearably happy because he literally does not care that he's so much dumber than she is. Like that to me is like the best quality a man can have. (laughs) Honestly, I agree. It's an incredibly perfect um, quality in a man. Yeah. He actually said she's so smart. She's so smart. He just sits there and thinks about how smart she is. And I'm like, bless his I heart. Love it. Bless his yeah, little hippo heart. <laughs> absolutely. Listen, <laughs> he, he fed a squirrel a piece of bread. And I like and that. that. And the squirrel straight up crushed it. And he didn't know that squirrels ate carbs. That's like... (laughs) Absolutely 100 out of 10 no notes. (laughs) I like this for her. I want her to be happy. I am not... I've said this a million times. I'm not like a huge Taylor Swift fan, but I I actually care. I want her to be happy. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And he's fine. And his brother's very funny. Honestly, this is all great. Yeah, this is good content. Everyone should know Dina is actually recording this on her phone. So the reason we even started talking about this is like, like my, I can see her um, on her phone talking to me and it looks like a TikTok. Like she's just going to yeah. tell me something uh, like really yeah. into a girl, but it's actually quite insipid. <laughs> the first thing Jen asked me was if I was going to um, make nachos on a countertop. <laughs> and you know what? I could. I feel like that's on brand though. Like if you were going to make a TikTok, it would be like all dressed nachos on a countertop. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I don't like, I'm not like those moms. Like I don't no. have a kitchen island. It would be on like this weird tile and grout from like 1954 whenever this apartment was built. <laughs> and then the cheese would become the grout. Oh, and it would drip over the edge because your counters are not very big. So it would just They're tiny. See, this is why it would be funny. Yeah, it'd be great. (laughs) Be great. Be great. No, I mean, I think the main thing that I love to teach people is just that, like, you should be eating cookie dough all the time. So I could just take the cookie dough and just, like, slam it onto the counter and then just take a spoon and just, like, be eating it while I'm... Uh, if you were really doing it, like TikTok cooking, countertop cooking, you'd just be eating it with your hands. There would be no spoon. No, I want a spoon. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I have a novelty 
Princess Diana spoon, I could use that. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, she like a tiny that. teaspoon. Yeah. 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 I think she would Diana. support me. Yeah. She'd support my 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 eating. Yeah, she would. Dough. She would. She supports mm-hmm. you know what? She's just one of the best for everyone, honestly. Yeah. That's all she anyway. wanted. I don't know. Um <laughs> so yes, um, Jen and I have not recorded an episode in many months, and then uh, we decided we're just going to record what we're calling the chaos episode. So whatever happens in this episode will be what it is. Are we and not so going to edit we, it? <laughs> listen, I got to be honest. Um, when Jen and I, just the two of us record, I very rarely have to edit a lot. Because I'm going to be honest, we're so good together. You're perfect. Okay, well, Dina, why don't you tell us what's happening? Okay, what's happening? Honestly, I was going to talk about something else, but then um, when I woke up this morning, the fog is so thick that it's truly all I can focus on. So I live downtown Vancouver in the West End, and I'm kind of facing, I can't see the water, but I'm sort of facing the water, and it's just like, I feel very socked in right now, and it actually is perfect. Like... Um, I feel like this entire fall has felt very, not heavy, but just like foggy. There's been like a fogginess. And so the fog this morning feels very, it's very appropriate. Listen, Carl Sandberg, I fucking get it. Okay. (laughs) It's the manifestation of the heaviness in our hearts is finally. Yeah. And it's not even just like the heaviness of the hearts. It's also like. When our brains are just like, I don't know. Your brain is the shrug emoji all the time. That's this fog is representing that for me. Where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I've been very distracted lately. I'm also, by the way, I live in the northeast uh, corner of Vancouver, basically, and also very close to the water. And it is like hammed in up here. And I live like on a hill. Like I'm not. Yeah, you're like, high up. Yeah, like we're very foggy up here. Um, but we're close to the water. But. What I was going to say is I've been very distracted all fall. I don't know how I got anything done. Like I look at stuff and I'm like, I don't know how that happened because like, I can't even think straight. It's just one of those. But a thing I think about you is what was good for you is you got to do events this fall, which Mm -hmm. meant that you'd already written the book. So you didn't have to do that. Yeah. Book was written. You could talk about it because you'd already done that work. And I think that helps a lot. Like having a book out for the amount of time that you had, like it came out in January. And so you've had a little bit of time. And I think that's how you managed because you already kind of, I I don't know. I mean, when you talk about super fans specifically, I feel like you're very tuned into it. And so I've had a lot of practice now. It's almost been a year, like 10 months or whatever it's been. Um, And it's like this last, I was going to say this last festival season was a doozy. I don't travel. um, I don't love traveling for work. I just, I just don't. And it's, it's always a lot of work to like get prepared for the trip and then to come home and decompress for the trip. Cause like, you know, my life has got like a million moving parts in it. Um, But you know, it was really nice. The one thing I will say about this festival season that I really enjoyed was that because I got to like, um, uh, travel all over the place, I got to see a bunch of my authors that I'm publishing at ECW. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got to meet people that I don't ever really see in person. Like I got to see, um, 
Paige Maylott and like Daniel Innes and Christina Wong. And I, I saw Kirti Vadriza last year, but I'm still counting it. And like um, all of these like really lovely people, Aaron Cruder, whose novel Lake Burntshire were publishing in 2025. So, and I got to see all of these people in person, which normally would not happen. Um, and Joelle Kidd, who forthcoming Jesus Land, which is going to be a great book about uh, taking apart right wing Christian pop culture right up Jen's alley. Look for it. 2025. Going to be great. <laughs> okay. Does the series of books and films left behind get, uh, discussed? Of course. Joelle great. knows what she's doing. So it's like, I'm just it's like, yeah, it's like a hybrid. It's a bit like super fan in a way, except substitute Joelle for Jen and right wing Christian pop culture for everything else that I write about. Um, and she sent me like links to all these YouTube videos of like Christian pop bands from like the early two thousands who are all trying to look like, I don't know, like, um, like, uh, Len or smash mouth or something. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. but like, but they were like all covered up and they were like singing songs, like, you know, love Jesus. Like you love your mom. Like it was like, the <laughs> <laughs> They even like, had their own trapper keepers, like um, binders. They had like Christian binders. Like I wow. didn't know. I thought, hey, listen, I thought binders were non-denominational, but I guess not. Three ring binders. <laughs> well, I think some are and some aren't, I guess. I mean, it's great. Anyway, this book's going to be amazing and it's going to be funny. Joel's very funny. It sounds, it sounds really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel but, very, very into it. The other thing that happened this fall, though, other than festival season, was that I have four books publishing, not my own books, I'm publishing four books in fall 24, which means that everything's coming down to final edits now. And that was these last, like, August, September, October, November um, was a lot. So normally I only do two to three per season, so four was quite too much. <laughs> and, um, it was just got, we just got, one of our books got pushed forward and, um, I just like almost lost it. I did so much editing in like a short period of time and like, you know, bless the hearts of the authors I had to work with this fall to get all that done. Cause they were so lovely and like understanding. I'm like, this is going to be a week late. Cause <laughs> but I'm really excited. fall 24 is going to be great. Going to be amazing. I mean, I think spring 24 is going to be pretty great. Yeah, spring 24 is going to be great. Spring 24, we have... Because Daniel and I have books coming out in spring 24. So that's what people should be excited about. Okay, what are the titles of your books coming out in spring 24 so the people um, know? Yes, so Daniel has a book of poetry coming out, and it is called Jump Scare. Yes. And I have a long poem, like a book-length poem coming out, and it is called You're Gonna Love This. Such good titles. Yeah. Such so, good titles. How's yeah, that tour coming together? Not great. Uh, things keep distracting me, like all my other jobs and annoying things. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm going to get back on it. If anyone listening to Cantlet is like, boy, we sure would love if Dina and Daniel came and read at our reading series or whatever, just let me know. We'll come. We it's love gonna- doing stuff. Well, I do. Daniel will come along for the ride, though. Yeah. I am uh, excited for Spring 24. What are my titles in Spring 24? Grey Dog by Elliot Gish, which is my horror werewolves meets um, secret lesbians meets Anna Green Gables horror novel. Uh, Perfect amalgamation of things. 
of things and also time of my life dirty dancing by andrew warner our new pop classic. oh yes friend of the podcast friend in real life andrew warner's book about dirty dancing could not be more excited do you love dancing do you love abortion rights you're gonna love this book <laughs> yeah also i mean maybe daniel and andrew and i are gonna do an event together maybe we won't just stay paying attention can can you guys do that dance that the um um, staff do at the end. You don't have to do the lift, but just the dance, the group dance, you know? You know what I'm Oh, yeah, to the group it? dance is great. When they're what walking we, up. What if we brought in um, a choreographer who taught everyone how to do that dance? <laughs> do we know any choreographers? I don't know, I but like I'm going to think about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Daniel's book, Jump Scare, there's a lot of pop culture in it. My book has um, a really a ton of stuff just specifically about television. Um, so yeah, three pop culture heavy titles coming to you in spring 2024. What else do you want? What else do you want? Tell me what else has been happening though. Is anything else exciting happening? (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I have to be honest. One thing that has happened for me this, like around this time is I'm super on top of all my Christmas shopping. Oh, which is not my usual vibe. Like Jen, your gift has arrived. I have so many good gifts for people. They're just like, and I have them all organized in a little area. Like I might even start wrapping gifts next week. First week of December. I am like, okay, usually I'm very on top of it. I am not this year. I'm usually mostly on top of it, but never this early. Like this is extreme. Yeah. And I, I've been keeping track. Like I have my, I have a little dock that I'm using to keep everything organized. Listen, Good for you. I don't know. What's, I don't know what's going on with me, but I am making all my Christmas gifts this year. Cause I have no money. So no, I think that's perfect. And all, I mean, I would maybe 90%, like most of my Christmas gifts this year too are from so far, like markets, craft fairs or small businesses. Like I'm not, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I'm really, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know what? I never really order anything from Amazon anyway, but yeah, like not, not going in that direction, you know? Um, I will say I did go to Canadian Tire because they had my Christmas trees that I've, I have fake Christmas trees and I've had them for like 25 years. They all, they all gave up the ghost last year. They all were, that was their last. That Christmas. happens. That, that happens. happens. I kept them for a long time, but I bought it, went to Canadian Tire because they had new, they, I wanted a new one and they had one on sale that I liked. And I walked into the Christmas tree uh, area where they had all the fake Christmas trees and there were a, a bunch of dogs in there. I, I don't know why there was like, there was like this little fluffy Shih Tzu that was being like carried by its owner. And then there was a Husky, like a big Husky oh losing his mind. He was like howling. He was jumping around. And then his owner who was like this younger woman said to me, I'm so sorry. He's like this. There's a dead mouse over there and he really wants to eat it. <laughs> I looked <laughs> Over this tiny little dead mouse right in front of the Christmas tree display, and like the huskies are rawr, rawr, rawr. like he's like so upset. And I'm like, I understand. I'm like, I feel you, man. And he rawr, rawr. you know how huskies just like talk, like yeah, of course. Jet, and he was jumping. He was a big dude, like he was like Molly size. And I was like, oh my god. I love just, this dog. I'm just gonna take this Christmas tree and like get out of here. Listen, you want to make sure, did you shake it out? Shake the box, make sure there were no dead mice in it? Oh, 
Well, it's fine. There's mice in my building. It's fine. Dead mouse, whatever. Oh, there's mice here too. Like, listen, there's mice everywhere. Everything's constantly under construction. And so anytime the mice find somewhere to live, they're like, oh, now we just got like <laughs> tossed out of our yeah. home because there's a literal bulldozer. I like went around, was it yesterday? And I stuck like, you know how they say like mice can fit through like a hole, like the circumference of the top of a pencil. So I, 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 I had a chopstick and I was going around my house, poking the chopstick into all the crevices and, um, <laughs> and uh, so I did it yesterday and like, and uh, my chopstick didn't go through anything. So I feel like I'm pretty sealed. So you're in good shape right now. Currently knock on wood, because I don't know, yeah. like, and like, we did have a mouse come in in the summertime because my door was open and, um, it ran in, uh, hid under the fridge for two days, came out, saw Rosie on the couch, shat itself and then ran away. Wow. Yeah. It was like a real thing. <laughs> I can't believe it. Like shat itself because it saw the dog. I should have taken a picture of it. There was like this little mouse turd right in front of the couch, which is where Rosie sits. And like, <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And then Rosie ran out after it, but it was like, it was already gone. It was like, screw this I, out of this house. <laughs> yeah, didn't want to be there. Didn't want to be there. In my old apartment that was really much older than this one, it was like, I don't know, built in the early 1900s. My old apartment, there were constantly mice coming. It was just really old. It was yeah. a wooden building. And <laughs> I would sometimes, if I was in the living room, yell at them. But then they would jump super high in the air and like sometimes they would knock themselves <laughs> into a bookshelf and then they oh, would no. be like dazed for a little bit. Oh no. I would just I would do nothing. I would just like watch them to make sure they got up. Like I didn't take them and put them up. Like I did nothing. I was just like, oh, hope that guy's okay. Like I was not I was it's not caring that they were inside. This is the problem with mice is that they're actually quite endearing and cute. And this is like, you know, I don't know. And like, they're so tiny. Yeah. Like the so ones little. that come into your home are so, so, so small. You can barely yeah. see them. We had, we bought traps for the house just in case. And they were the, you know, the ones that the peanut butter and they go inside and it, the door just oh. shuts. Yep. Yeah. And then I said to Jeff, I said to him, what are you going to do with it when we catch it? He's like, I'm going to drive it across Hastings and let it, let it out. <laughs> like on the, just on the other side. Yeah, the other side. Other side of a busy street. It won't come back. <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. I don't think so either, but that made us feel better. I mean, that's honestly, sometimes that's all you can do. Like, we didn't want to kill it. Like, we just, I don't no. know. It's hard, you know? It's hard. And there was a family of squirrels living in the roof across the way from me in the other building, like literally two adults and then like three babies. And I saw them going in and out of this little crevice in the roof, like bringing leaves and branches and shit, like literally. And then I took Rosie out one day and the three babies were sitting in the tree. Like they were out for exercise, I guess. And uh, they were yelling at us in like, have you ever been yelled at by a baby squirrel? Like the, 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 t the tenor yes. of it. It's like, I have. like Tweety Bird, but higher. And, it, and they yeah. were like, Arr! and they were yelling at us. And they were like the tiniest little things with these big fluffy tails. And anyway, uh, I did tell the building management across the, the way that there's squirrels living in there and they killed them. And now I feel really <sighs> bad about it. 
I'm sorry. I know. That sucks. I know. This is this is just anyway, what a great way to start this podcast. Dina. Yes. I have a question for you. Okay, yeah. What? Book prizes. Fall twenty three. Oh, How okay, to go great, for you? I <laughs> listen, you think I didn't have that on my list also? Because I sure I did. did. I know you well, did. Well, I, I think that is interesting is that this year for the first time ever I was on a literary prize jury and I actually was on two and I had been on zero before. Um, so I was really more focused on like just doing a good job (laughs) and kind of, it weirdly made me pay less attention to like, other short lists and mm. what else was going on because I was like, no, I got to get this done. I got to like do this. I got to do the work. And so I don't know. That's interesting. Like, I mean, I'm on a jury right now. It's not finished yet. Can't talk about it much, but, um, I, when I say, I say all the time, I hate book prize culture and I actually do. But when I say I hate book prize culture, I hate the monopoly that some prizes have over, sales over what Absolutely. readers choose. Um, and there are some prizes that are really great. Like I love all the prizes that the, um, or they're not even really prizes. I like the um, sort of like accolades that like say library associations give to mm-hmm. books and they, and they try really hard to um, sort of spread that out sort of like regionally, culturally, whatever. Um, and some of them are really great for that, for visibility. But like, I will say that like, I mean, I'm not going to name the name, but it rhymes with Phyllis Diller. I, I think that that particular okay, prize. I just want to say, mm. of course, we love Phyllis Diller. Continue. Oh, yeah. Phyllis Diller. Like, you know, when she was a guest star on Scooby-Doo, the what best icon. of Scooby-Doo. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. Um, uh, but yeah, yes, continue. So I just think that, like, when you have a monopoly on an industry like that, whether, whether it's a prize, it could be anything really, but in this case, it's a book prize. Then there is so much possibility for, um, toxicity. There's so much possibility for like, um, power being misused. Um, and I think that it confers a kind of false, you know, metric of quality on the books, which is not fair because obviously in Canada, like, you know, I think per year, like books of fiction, you know, between 250, 350 a year. And you're telling me that only these five are worth buying for the cost of a dinner out on in this town. So like, I don't, yeah, that's like, it's just, it's just ridiculous, kind of ridiculous and silly to me. So this is, um, you know, we like it. I like it when things get disrupted by, by um, either a streakers, which is my first choice. Listen, um, I, oh, I, I hate that streaker culture is not stronger yeah. and in contemporary I society. If I can't have a streaker, protesting is good too. Like It's great. Um, <laughs> yeah. I listened to you on the commotion mm. talking about this, yeah, with Elmine and um, several other people. There were like three other people. They were great, actually. They were Josh really Gondelman, another Josh. Uh, apologies, other Josh. <laughs> Um, and Mara's Christman. Anyway, uh-huh. it was great. But like you, in that episode, like you were all talking about sort of the idea of these kinds of disruptions and protest and, you know, speaking on 
oppressions and like the conversation, yeah, seemed to start with talking about um, the the protesters at the Giller who were addressing yeah. uh, Scotiabank's complicity in the genocide yeah. being that has been enacted on Palestine for decades and decades and decades. Yeah. And like, that was kind of the impetus, but then th- the conversation expanded a lot um, in other ways as well. I think that where it really falls apart for me is when people are uncomfortable with the idea of protest at an event like that. But like, if I was taking an activist point of view, regardless of what kind of activist you are, you are going to protest a thing that has the most number of eyeballs on it. That's where you're going to do it. And you're also Mm -hmm. going to, and if you're an activist who's really organized, you're also going to be really focused about what you're actually protesting. So those protesters were very, very focused about, um, protesting an arms manufacturer and Scotiabank's investment yep. in that arms manufacturer. They were yep. very specific about targeting the Giller Prize because it was being broadcast. And then um, I had like a bit of an argument with somebody about whether or not they should have been arrested because it's a private event. I said, I don't, I, in my view, it's not a private event, actually. It's being broadcast on our public broadcaster. It's not a private event. It's a public event as far as I'm concerned. How much of this <clears throat> money being used for this particular event is being um is being like how much of that is being like spent by our tax dollars like if cbc is covering it a lot of that a lot of that money that puts that gets put into producing that event is public money so is it a private event i don't think so well and even thinking about it as a private event like the idea of privacy in that context has so much to do with who can afford yeah, a ticket yeah. to a gala. Exactly. So we're talking, exactly. We're talking about privilege and access. And I think that too, like I would say the majority of the writers in attendance at an event like that, if they weren't invited would not be able to afford those tickets. Right. So like the people that are actually there, um, these patrons of the arts, you know what I mean? Mm. Their ideas um, about art and literature and like how important it is only extend so far. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And like the idea of like something like, you know, they have to get arrested because it's like a private event, a private event. And yet you have all these cameras broadcasting this across the country and you can stream for free, watch for free anywhere you are. That's like ludicrous to me. Like the idea of it is really, it is super ludicrous. I'm really impressed with people um, posing as photographers (laughs) at a literary event when most literary events have zero professional people taking any photos. It's incredible. Yeah, because why would you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, honestly, I mean, like a, a bunch of writers on a red carpet, I don't know. I can't think of a more awkward situation, to be honest. Like, that's like in the most it's beautiful, very, lovely way. <laughs> no, like in a way that I, yeah, that I love and respect. But yeah, absolutely. We love an um, awkward photo with a bunch of writers. That's, that's Dina and we love that. But like, we absolutely love it. Listen, if there's a step and repeat, we're going to go to it. Okay, and we're so going to be goofy and we're going to be silly. I'm going to find a prop, even if there isn't one there. And I'm going to post unflattering photos of myself just to make myself laugh. Me too. Absolutely. 
I might pretend that I'm smelling someone's fart. That's a favorite for me on a step that's and a, repeat. That's a good pose. That's a good pose. And you know what? It's and great. You- I just did an impression of it for Jen. <laughs> so my favorite, my favorite pose is like, I look like I'm taking a dump. That's my. So good. Yeah. And you have to make that so good. Yeah. You have to make that face. You're, you're actually, you're very good at that face. Um, but yeah, I just, um, it's interesting to see how people feel about words when they're in the context of a book that you can close and words when they're in the context of people trying to address something that is happening in the world Yep, and where that where that takes you, what kind of celebration that gets. Uh, as I keep saying, it just feels like everyone's saying, shut up clown and write your books. Yeah, it, it does. And at the same time, it's not even like people want to read books that much. So <laughs> yeah, even like ruder. How many, how many of the people who were booing at that, at that prize ceremony actually read the books? I'm curious. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that should have been the, the post event survey. Also, has anyone made a meme of Rick Mercer uselessly swatting at these like pieces of paper that he was trying to swat at? Also, that was a guy who was like, I am a satirist and I love taking down the man. And it's like, I guess you don't. No. Like, he just kind of swats at like protest signs, like a cat swatting at like a, you know, a ball yarn. Like, it was like, Swat, swat. I much prefer a cat, obviously. Uh, I, you know, when I first saw that video, all I could do was laugh at Rick Mercer. That is actually no, what it's, I did. It's extremely funny. His behavior was very funny. <laughs> Although, in fairness, if I'd been the host, like, obviously you don't know what to do, right? Like, I get it. But, like, I don't know if I'd swat at things. I don't think I'd do that. Yeah, Absolutely. I think I'd be like, oh no. I, I said I would probably make it, I'd try to make a joke, but I don't know if that would be right either. <laughs> See, I feel, yeah, this is why we need more people who are really good on their feet, good at improv. You know, you need those people hosting those events. I yeah. would have just been like, hey, why don't you just take this microphone? <laughs> you're step to the side. Here, take you're my already, mic. You're already saying something. Just let's take a moment. Yeah, let's think about it. Yeah, maybe that's what we would have done. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, that's never going to be me or you. So you know what? I would have probably made some dumb joke. Like, they're finally coming to get me because I poop too much in public toilets. Like, I don't know what I would have (laughs) said. Listen. And then again, we talk about the idea of public and private and a public toilet. You should be able to poop in it as many times as you want. Yeah, it's public. But you have a sense of privacy when you're in the stall. Yeah, but it's like kind of false. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It is not okay. Because you can like hear things and like... You can hear things. If someone looked on, like there's a gap, they can see it under, they could possibly see over. Anyway, I hope everyone's enjoying this conversation about public toilets. Public toilets? I, I don't know. Yeah. If I was thinking about it, I'm sure there are people in the literary community I could compare to a public toilet, but I'm not going to. We just made an allegory you can about do that. You can do that for yourself. Okay. The allegory is public toilet Giller prize ceremony. That's what thank we you do. very much. 
Never winning a dealer prize now. <laughs> never was, never will. Yeah, I was never going to be nominated anyway. So it really matter. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, Jen, I have a question for you now. Yeah. It's also about books. Yeah. One of our favorite people uh, finally put out a book this year, Miss Brittany Jean Spears. Have you read this book? Have you listened to it? What's going on with you? I have not. Me either. I've been very busy with editing and stuff. So I haven't had time to read it. And like um, what I did do was listen to as many audio clips of Michelle Williams narrating the book as I could find. And um, if Michelle Williams does not win a Grammy for this fucking audio book, there is no justice. (laughs) I mean, listen, she doesn't have any of those big awards so this could be the start of her egot yeah the britney spears grammy basically and like okay i know everyone's probably listened to it but like her um impersonation of justin timberlake uh is easily the greatest thing she's ever done and it's beautiful it's so funny and then so then i started thinking about like how did michelle williams come to do this audiobook like she hasn't said anything which i think is brilliant for her don't say anything in the media if you don't want to but like i would really like to know because i do not think i looked it up she doesn't do any other audiobooks she has not at least as far as i could tell has not narrated any other audiobooks Mm -hmm. because there are some actors who do quite a bit matthew mcconaughey does them etc etc she doesn't so she either was approached and said yes specifically like maybe um okay rosie's got something to say or or she saw she thought to herself i want to do this audiobook and like sought it out well and i'm curious too what britney's influence was too like did did they maybe suggest people and then she was like you know who i've always liked michelle williams like we don't know she might have said that. And like, and it, this seems like plausible to me. Like oh, totally. Cause she would have had like, like if she, given that, you know, they spent as much money as they did paying her in advance on this book, she would have had, they would have asked her, like, there's no question that they would have asked her. And so I'm just, I would really like to know how this came to be. Are they friends? Did they meet at a party? Does Busy Phillips have something to do with this? I feel like she might. <laughs> Listen, Busy could be involved. She could be. This feels like something like that you need a Busy Phillips to like to like accommodate. I and don't you know. know Busy Phillips is excited about this Britney Spears memoir. Um, you know Busy Phillips. You know Michelle Williams played that clip for Busy Phillips while they were having a glass of wine mm-hmm. and they both died mm-hmm. of laughter. No, they laughed they and laughed. They laughed at they laughed at little baby Timberlake. <laughs> and then everyone just felt sorry for genuine. <laughs> Yeah, everyone felt sorry for Genuine. They were like, I can't believe you create Pony, one of the greatest, one of the greatest just pieces of art of all time. And then this is what you get. It's terrible. I mean, it's like, I mean, and but the way like Michelle Williams, okay, I have to say about her performance in that particular clip, the way she commits, no, she it's commits. beautiful. And like she like genuinely <laughs> is trying to th- imagine what Justin Timberlake sounded like in that moment. Like you yeah. can, you can feel the preparation she made for that. Like the effort. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I, I have so much respect for that. And that yeah. she must've known at some point people were going to troll him for it. She knew that she's not, she knew, she knew. 
she's a smart cookie. So like, oh, I love this. I really want to be her friend now. I had neutral feelings about Michelle Williams for many years, but now I'm like, I I think, I think I need to be her friend. This is very funny. (laughs) Oh, it's, it really is funny. And I actually think like, I think she can really do comedy and I would love to see her do more of that. She's done a little, hasn't she? A little. She's done a little. Like, do you remember she was in she was in um Dick? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She should like, do more comedy. Also, maybe the two of them should work together again, too. You know what? Let's say the next comedy Jennifer Lawrence gets, let's let Michelle Williams do it. Yeah, let's give Michelle Williams a a chance to be hilarious. What if she's in a buddy comedy with somebody? It'd be so fun. She's very funny. Yeah, she really is. Yeah, yeah. Let her have a nice time. She's had enough bad stuff go on in her life. Let her have fun. Just let her. Yes, let let her. What if Michelle Williams and Michelle Williams are in a buddy comedy together? And then there's also music. Yes, obviously. And then that's all we need. Road trip? Like some kind of like, yeah, that would be good. I'd like that. And And then Beyonce shows up just for like a cameo. Just for a, a lovely little cameo. Just for like two seconds. It doesn't have to be a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. No. <laughs> um, somebody write the script. Yeah. It's not going to be me. I mean, maybe it's going to be me. I don't know. This feels more like a Dina Del Buccia script. Than a yeah, like I think I, I think I could get into it. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I could really be channeling. Here's... I'm going to ask you a chaotic question because this is a theme. Okay. Honestly, I love this chaos episode. It's so, it's so weirdly pleasing to me. Any, any updates you'd like to share about any of your nemeses? Um, (laughs) you know what? I don't really have any, which in a way is good. Um, I, uh, um, one of my nemeses did appear in a dream that I had recently. Yuck. Which was not great. Like I, mm. I don't mind having a freaky dream every now and then. I have them all the time to be honest, but yeah, I didn't like this. Like, why is he showing up? Yeah. In, uh, he can just, he can just suck it. No. Yeah, absolutely. Like go be boring somewhere else. I don't, but yeah, no, no updates. What about you? Well, I was traveling a lot. So I, I saw one or two of them in my my travels and I've been told I'm very nice to these people to their faces, which is my, which is my genius. (laughs) They don't know. They don't know how much I hate them. (laughs) Uh, Okay. And that's the difference. I'm the exact opposite of Jen. I like refuse to talk to these people. I will turn away from them. I will actively like, yeah, be as unwelcoming as possible. I see the thing is, I think I overdo it in trying to be nice to them, which I think is, which I think is is its own (laughs) insult. Like if I'm being this effusive about you, you, I probably actually deeply loathe you inside. So like, that's like, that's what that's I think. So happens. funny. I that's think I'm so doing funny. it. I'm doing it on purpose to be an ass. Like I really do. But like I, I, I don't know. I mean, I did see two of them together at one point, and the way I was acting was just like brittle on the edge. Like, uh, you guys are great, but like, no, I don't think so. It was a little <laughs> brittle. 
If you know me at all, you know it was fake. <laughs> but I was already a little bit drunk that particular in that particular moment. Right. So it was like fine. I mean, whatever. Maybe I was just maybe they just thought I was drunk. I don't know. Honestly, that's the best you can hope for in that kind of a situation. It's just, it's just Rosie's upset again. I just don't, she's because I'm talking about my nemesis. I didn't enjoy. Yeah, I was going to say, it's because she doesn't like your nemesis. She's on your side. She's on my side. So like, I haven't toured a book in a while because obviously during COVID, we yeah. just did everything yeah, online. Yeah. And, and so I'd forgotten that these people actually also went out and about also. So I was like, oh, oh. And I also have a very bad habit, Dina. I don't know um, if you know this about me, but when I go to events, I actually never look to see unless it's like really important look to see who else might be there and so it's always a surprise so like i show up and i'm like oh that's not on my bingo card for today again i am the opposite and i absolutely check everything i only check if i think it's going to be like problematic or if there's if i heard something like i i don't i usually never check i also check to think like if this person is going to be like reading performing hosting whatever who else could be showing up to support that person that maybe I don't care for? You see, I don't do this at all. No, I'm detect. I'm detectiving that shit. I need to know. <laughs> I need to know what kind of attitude I'm going to have. I don't do it. I don't do any of it. I just show up and I'm like, oh, you're here. Great. I'm very bad. It's a very, it's toxic. I shouldn't do this. I should actually probably, oh my God. but I never do. It doesn't even matter. Like we're talking like events that are publicized and like the number and the people yeah. who are going to be there is like all over the place. And I still don't even look like they send yeah. me the list in my email and I still don't even look. I only yeah. look for how long I'm supposed to be reading and like where I am in the performance order. That's pretty much it. Like I just otherwise, and like who the host is. I sometimes care that's, about that. That's fair. I don't know. I just, I just, I just don't want to even if, whatever is fine. So whenever I saw any of these people, it was a big surprise to me, which is silly. Cause like I, you know, I could have looked. So, 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 so funny. <laughs> I could have yeah, looked. You, you, you could have had that information. Nope. Just slightly tipsy at all times and surprised. <laughs> okay. Speaking of like, um, festival season and event season, like, if you go into a any kind of space, it could yeah. be like um, a hospitality suite, it could be somewhere else, and you are getting a complimentary beverage, what yes. do you want to be on offer for you? Like what is the thing that's going to make you feel calm, that's going to make you happy? What do you want in that moment? I always is, want sparkling wine. Always. Okay. Yeah. If I can get it. If it's not sparkling wine, um, I like a white wine just because it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's not going to, I know exactly how I will react to it. There's mm-hmm. no surprises. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but if it's just like beer and cider, then I'm a little bit kerflummoxed because, or like white claws. <laughs> These are things I don't drink. So, like, I, and like when someone offers me a white claw or a, like a nude or a neutral, whatever those things are, I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. understand. I don't understand this. Why am I drinking boozy cucumber? I don't understand it. I don't want to, but okay. What about you though? What, do, what, do, what, do, what would you like? I mean, anything's fine to be honest. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not that picky and it's going to depend on the situation. Like maybe I'm going to want, maybe I'm going to want something hard. Maybe I'm not. Sometimes, though, a beer I find very relaxing. 
because I can like sip it. It's like, yeah. It's, it's the, and it's also like more liquid. So you can like hold yeah. on to it for a while. You can yeah. Hold, yeah. You like have it with you for a bit. Yeah. So I'm into that. Um, I do also like you. I love sparkling wine, but honestly, I don't feel that picky. No, I mean, I'll drink anything. Honestly, Any, if anyone knows this about me, the one thing I will say is I'm not drinking any whiskey until after I'm done on stage. So yeah, it's on a post event beverage. Yeah. So like at the Vancouver Writers Fest, um, uh, James, who runs the hospitality suite, knows I like a little whiskey, but I only have it after. <laughs> you can't do it. Can't do it beforehand. One glass of wine is good beforehand. And like, you know, some snacks. And then like afterwards, then I can have like, you know, a bagel and whiskey. I don't know why those two things together, but why not? Listen, <laughs> actually, that sounds fine to me. That's like a, a nice yeasty. <laughs> is there yeast in bagels? Yeah. Yeah, I think no? so. Yeah, there okay. are yeast though. I think so. I mean, I don't know. I don't bake bread. So like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, bread has yeast. I think I it has a bagel in so long. Um, I don't. Okay. This is like, we're going to talk about pooping again. I don't eat a lot of um, bread because it's not good for my tummy for, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I have IBS. Mm-hmm. Everyone mm-hmm. knows this. Mm-hmm. I'm sure who listens to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Right? It's hard mm-hmm. for me. It's a tough, yeah. it's a tough go. Yeah. Not my thing. I was in Mexico a couple of weeks ago. And uh, the IBS was not great. Oh, Jen. It's okay. It's okay. okay. Also, Jen was like riding a motorcycle. It was an electric bike. It looked fancier. <laughs> it was a big one. You know why it looked fancy? Because it was like an all-terrain one. You know? Okay. It, was, it looked very intense. Yeah. It was like a, almost like a dirt bike in a way. Oh, but okay. it, was it was more like, like a dirt bike. Okay. Maybe not why I, I thought it was a motorcycle. Okay. Because it had very like thick uh tires like a mountain mm-hmm. bike would have so they were like um because we were doing we're off i get kind of off road i don't know we're on a beach but we like had to go to trails that had cacti, cacti and stuff to get to the beach i don't i didn't tell you i wiped out twice what happened was in order to get this electric bike over soft sand so there was like hard oh, sand and then soft so funny. in order to get a bike over soft sand you have to go fast right because it has to like kind of sail over it and mm-hmm. the thing is when I started to get scared and like realizing I could get stuck in the soft sand, You're I just slowing stopped. down. No, I just stopped. And oh. so what would <laughs> yeah, You can't is, be doing that. Then you come. No, no, but you come to a very slow stop in soft sand. So this is all in slow motion. And then I just tip over very slowly <laughs> while holding on to the bike still. <laughs> and then one time as I was falling, like, I, I, I don't know what I was doing. My feet, like my feet were still pedaling or something. And then my shoe got stuck in the, in the wheel, like the back wheel. And then like Miguel had to come extract me. And like, he was very nice. He kept saying to me, no one's noticing this. And I'm like, everyone's watching me right now. Like, <laughs> like everyone could see me. Everyone can see me. He's like, no one will notice. No one knows. And I slid, like you, I tip over and then slide a bit into the soft sand. There was so much sand in my butt, like it went right <laughs> up my shorts. Like I was like, <laughs> when I went back to the hotel, I had to like shake myself out and it was just falling out of me like everywhere. Anyway, I didn't get hurt because the soft sand is very forgiving in that sense. And I am actually quite, there was cacti everywhere. If I had fallen into a cactus, I would have like, I would have like been so hurt. <laughs> like, you'd be like... <laughs> I'm just picturing you like a cartoon, like they're just sticking out of you everywhere. Like you're like, you're like the coyote. Oscar didn't even notice. He just kept going. Like so he was like 
you know, a hundred feet away from me. And I'm like, and I'm like softly in the soft sand, help, help me. (laughs) Well, thank God you had Miguel who was helping you. Oh my God. I loved him. He was very sweet. And he just kept grinning at me. Like, it's fine. No one can see you. And I'm like, everyone can see me, but I mean, it's fine. And then like, and then there was like this guy who's taking photos because it's like a tour company, right? Taking yeah. photos. And he just kept saying, Excelente, senora, you're fine. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, please quit lying to me. <laughs> please. And he said, don't worry, I won't take any pictures of you after you've fallen. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> you're like, you know what? At bare minimum, at least I got that. Also on our tour were two women from Minnesota. And they had those funny little like Midwest accents. And they were, uh, Love and that. They were like, and they saw me fall because they were actually riding behind me because they were also a bit slower than, like, say, Oscar. And um, they kept saying to me, they kept saying, we got you, girl. We got you. <laughs> oh, my God. I love them. <laughs> and then one of them said, I thought for sure it'd be me falling. <laughs> oh, my God. I love them. Yeah. So I was terrified. But anyway, when we got to the actual beach and the sand was, like, nice and flat. And like, you know, uh, hard, yeah. it was very easy and I had a great time, but like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, pinned under a, um, all-terrain electric bike, which are actually very heavy and I couldn't, oh yeah, they're actually quite heavy. So I was like, oh, oh no, just, just on my side. Like, oh no. <laughs> also Oscar crashed into our tour guide on his bike. <laughs> How was the tour guide? He's like a, he was a real big guy, like tall and like wide. So he was fine, but he did fall off his bike. <laughs> That's so funny. I was like, yeah, I, and I only, uh, cause I was quite a lot behind. I only saw the aftermath of it, which was the tour guy lecturing my child, which is fine. He should have. So amazing in a, very, in a very gentle way, of course, his name was yeah. Isaac. We liked Isaac a lot. Anyway. And like, I, you know, Oscar's a good kid. Like he's not gonna. Oh, he didn't do it on purpose. No, that's what I mean. And like, he's not going to do it, then do it again. Like, no, no, to be, no, a, no. To be a jerk. Yeah. No, absolutely. he felt bad. He felt really bad. I, I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's fine. It's all fine. Anyway, that's fine. That was the Mexico story. I don't know. It's a great story. Yeah. Pinned under a bike. Drank a lot of tequila. <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what you should be doing. Not yep. the pinned under the bike part, but drinking the tequila. Drinking the tequila, taking a lot of Imodium. Everything was fine. <laughs> Listen, you had it You had it locked down, sewn up. You had it figured out. Can you see that I'm wearing a vest as a shirt? Oh, I do like a vest as a shirt, though. Yeah. It's a good look. Vest as I a like shirt. it. Yeah, Is it linen? It's... No, I think it's like a blend. It's pretty. I like Thanks. it. I like it. Thank you. Very yeah, best is assured, everybody. Listen, I can't stop buying random things. Everything is a little treat to me. I uh, my dog walking jeans, which are Levi's five hundred ones that I've been yeah. wearing for many years. Yeah, the crotch yeah. finally fell out. <gasps> Jen, you've had them for so long. So now I did buy a new pair. They were fifty percent off, so I don't feel terrible about it. <laughs> you know what? You you had to replace that that pair. Um, I was walking around with my cooch hanging out, so it was time to yeah. <laughs> yeah. anywhere. Listen, a, any dog, if you're walking around, there's other dogs, they could like put their snouts right up there. You know, it, it's been 10 years. I feel okay about it. I wore them yeah. till their last, to their last day. You really did. 
You really did. I really did. <laughs> oh. Um, okay. I have a general question. This is also yeah. for the listeners. Like, I just feel like, um, if anyone just has any suggestions for how to live a, a more sustainable life as a writer, I just really love to hear it because I, I feel really like I'm in a stagnant place and I don't know what to do. Stagnant, have, like, like in terms you, of your, your writing career or just like, like day jobs or both all of every single part of it like not a single part of it do I feel like boy things have improved recently like they've all been stagnant for many years um and like have you I mean I I, have you experienced this how yeah I mean how did it make you feel Jen how did it make you feel (laughs) I didn't as much as I love the people at the writer's studio at SFU, and I really do, I, I after I did it for about, I guess I did it for six, six or seven years, which is a long yeah. time for me. You I, did it I for have, quite a while. Yeah, and I get restless, right? Like, I, I don't like doing the same thing all the time. Um, I, I felt quite stagnant after a while teaching. Just, I'd been doing it a long time at, by that point, by my standards, and it was never my first choice for things to do. Um, so I'd been feeling that way for about a year or so. And I did start looking for different jobs. Um, but it's hard because like, you know, um, for me, jobs have to be, a, like, there's a number of different things a job has to do to fit into my life. And most jobs don't fit into my life. Um, so um, I just really, when this job was posted at ECW, I remember seeing it and I, I like literally threw everything I had at it. Cause it was everything I ever really wanted. I love editing. Um, and it was something that I wanted to do, but I didn't want to do it in the way, like if I, if I worked for like say PRH or something, I'd have to like go into an office. I'd have to like, you know, um, there'd be like sales conferences and stuff I'd have to go to and like things that are like, which is not to say ECW doesn't also have those things. It's just that they're way more flexible about how to, cause we're smaller. There's just, I was going to say the scale is probably like a big factor. Yeah. The scale is a big factor. Um, so that's what I did to change it up because I'm not going to change like my writing life has never really felt stagnant necessarily. Like except those yeah, years. I feel the same way. Like, I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm always writing stuff. Like I don't feel yeah. it's more sort of the, the other things around it, whether it's the reception or whether it's the, like, I don't know. Like we've talked about this before, but I'm always just like, what are the selling out opportunities? Like, where are they? How I, do I don't know. Find them. I know. I wish. I wish I knew. I mean, I think listeners, I'm please get in touch if you're like, oh, I really have some selling out ideas. I'm ready. Like, why is it only other authors get sponsorships for Reitman's or like Sephora? <laughs> oh why God, isn't are you it kidding? Us? I would love a Reitman sponsorship. Uh, Listen, they have very good denim. I bought like a full, like a cotton two piece. Yeah. Summer outfit this year. And I wore it constantly. Also, I I'm here to say their outerwear. Very good. Like love to hear this. Love to hear it. That sort of stuff. Jackets. Very good. So all I'm saying is we'd love a sponsorship from Reitman's Dina and I. Listen, can't, can't let us ready for our moment in the Reitman's spotlight. (laughs) I have a Reitman's travel fedora. It's delightful. It folds up. Uh, (laughs) Oh my God. That's amazing. So, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, I think the writing yeah. life stuff for me, what has felt stagnant is like promoting a book feels stagnant to me. I don't love that anymore. I, I mean, yeah. 
I think I used to really love it. And I, and I, and I do like it in the sense that like when I'm there, I like it for the moment, but I get really tired of it now. And like, it used to make me yeah. fill me with energy to do those things and do that anymore. And I'm not really sure how that's ever going to change now at this point. I don't think, and then maybe, maybe it'll just be that when I'm older, um, I just won't do as much or people will stop asking yeah. because they're like, do we want this wrinkled hag at our event? No. She's just going to talk about her IBS again. No, um, people need to hear about IBS constantly. So they're just going to have to buck up and deal with it. Uh, that old Jen Sook Fung Lee, she's not passing out Werther's Originals anymore. It's probiotics. That's what she's passing out. Listen, anyway. she's not wrong. Everyone needs a probiotic. Anyway. Take, I, take it. Take it. So I don't think that's going to change. But I think that, that this is where I think we have to focus more on the things that make us feel like alive, right? Like the writing yeah. always makes me feel alive. The editing always makes me feel good. I love editing books. I love that. I love, I love meeting authors. Like, you know, when I'm acquiring a book, I love that relationship with them. And I'm realizing, I think for me, the reason I much prefer doing the editing over all these other things where I have to meet people is because it's like a quality of relationship as opposed to a quantity of people, like 30 Mm -hmm. people that you're meeting at an event or whatever. Um, And I like that sort of like development of a relationship that I think usually becomes a friendship because I, you know, you work very closely with somebody and, and I end up really adoring them usually. And also it helps. I only acquire books by people who are dream boats. Yeah. I said it. You all are dream boats. No, you're not lying. You're, <laughs> you're always acquiring the dream boat books. Absolutely. Only, only dream boats. Yeah. I don't do not dream boats. Um, yeah. no, you're right. Well, I mean the last, so the last two real Vancouver writer series events were for the first time we were doing them at Iron Dog Books and it's been so great. We had one in September. We just had one in November this past week and like being able to be in the bookstore and still kind of have the same tone vibes that we always had with our events, like, you know, first in-person events in a long time for us. And it's been so great. But at those two events, there were like two different writers that were there and they add, they were like, Hey, um, I really, if anyone wants to be my friend, like I'm new and I'm like, Christ, that's so cute. And Aww. so I think for me, the thing that keeps me going is always the community aspect yeah. of things. But yeah. like, it's the part that gives you the least amount of like financial compensation, but it's the part that yeah. drives me the most because I, I feel more connected to that anyway. But it, yeah, like, isn't that so lovely I can't it's good I think I think that like there's something to be said and I think you know like you know I'm the tail end of Gen X and we were taught never to say what we really feel ever and then so like when we have these like sort of more emerging authors who are like straight up I'm here to make friends I'm like cool I wish I could do that because like you know I walk around no act like you need nothing Be trapped in your little bubble. Like nobody needs to know yeah. what I'm actually feeling. Just pretend you like everybody, even though you don't. <laughs> just... Well, like one, I did a I did a presentation once. This is quite a few years ago now, but it literally was just called "I am here to make friends" because I truly am. Like when I do things, when I'm out there, like it's the complete opposite of you know, like the odds vibes of a reality tv show yeah 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 i I think we're uh anyway yeah that's nice and i do think like 
we're kind of saying the same thing. Like those connections yeah, are we really are. important. They're important so important. And we don't want, I don't want like a superficial connection anymore. Like I don't want that. I want them to I'm be. I'm fine with having working relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. But I'd rather that I'm, you know, I'm putting effort in and other people are able to put effort in too. And I think a huge part of it too is like the fewer resources people have, the harder it is to do that because you have to do more with less. And so people are tired. So we start to see those things in certain ways as well when people don't want to have those kinds of relationships, but they're just forced to by like, you know, a lack of, a lack of resources, a lack of time, all of that shit that sucks. Yeah. 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 I think like yeah. at the end of the day, like I think it was at the real Vancouver at iron dog in September. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a bunch, a bunch of my ECW authors were there, which was nice. Yes. It but, was great. Um, Cole Nowicki and Curtis LeBlanc, um, because we, we publish right down in circle, which is Cole Nowicki's pop classic on Tony Hawk's pro skater. And we also published Sunsetter by Curtis LeBlanc. And they were sitting together at some point and I walked in and they were like, mom's here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's so, it's so cute. Hello, my two sons. (laughs) I just, I just read, um, right down in circle. It's good. It's so good. It's so so funny. funny. But, and I, and cause Cole was at also at, the real Vancouver event on Thursday because he's on our board. And I was like, cool. I also like really felt more hopeful after I read your book. Yeah. He's, he's a very, actually he's like funny, charming, but yeah, like he's got an emotional intelligence that is, yeah, really lovely. He's like low key uplifting. Absolutely. (laughs) And every interaction I've ever had with him, he does actually make me feel better. Yeah. Every single time. Absolutely. Thanks Cole. Thanks Cole. We love Cole. <laughs> we do love Cole. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's, I don't really have anything. Oh, the only other thing is a uh, friend of the podcast and our guys and I got new matching tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell the that's people like, what it is. Tell the yeah. people. So um, it is a, uh, it's by Amanda Meowzen from, um, oh, what's the name of the tattoo? studio it's on east hastings something cat super cat super cat tattoos and it is uh audrey two tattoo from a little shop of fours it's not like it doesn't have the instead of the the coffee tin pot it's got a little cute skull pot but yeah she's pretty she's, cute she's beautiful yeah we love audrey yeah i'm just like you know what i think too because i feel like there's so many things that are out of control. And this year, this is like my fifth tattoo this year. And I feel like tattoos are a great way if you want to have control over something because you are controlling what you're physically putting on your body. So you're like, great, I have control over that. But then you also have to relinquish control to the person doing it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, great exercise. Um, <laughs> and I should then say, get to look cool. A shout out to the Arts Club Theater joint production with the oh, Citadel incredible. Theater. Of Little Shop of Horrors, which it was stage so managed, good. Stage managed by my very dear friend Michelle Harrison, who I know listens to the podcast. Oh, so hi, Michelle. Michelle, Michelle, I loved it so much. Wasn't it great? And, it was uh, so great. Little what Shop a great of Horrors. Production. It's very hard to produce because there's a lot of moving parts. There's music. There's mm-hmm. dancing. There's a there's big a plant, giant like, puppet plant. Like it's yeah, bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, the last Audrey is two people inside. I believe that. Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, so Michelle did a great job. Everybody, the it's whole production. It's so great. It's so, 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 so great. Yeah, no, yeah. I loved it. I'm so glad that I got to see it. It was just a phenomenal production. And the urchins were so fun. Like, everyone yeah. was great. Everyone was Everyone good. was great. But, yeah, loved it. It was beautiful and perfect. Um, this week in one of my creative writing classes, I was talking about musical comedy. And then we were also kind of talking about endings of things and um, I was talking about Little Shop and I, a ton of my, like hardly any students knew about it, which I was like, well, now's the time. Now's the time. <laughs> and it's like the most perfect satire of like so many mm. things. And it's, it's just, Absolutely. it's just a fun time, you know, and it we is. need fun times. We do. We really do need fun times. Is that a good note to end on? I think so. I think so. We started, okay. we started with poop and now we're ending with fun times. We're ending with fun times. Homicidal plants, fun times. <laughs> Homicidal alien plants. Hey, it's objectively fun. So fun. I agree. Um, okay, well, everybody, um, yeah, continue doing your best. We love you. Have, lo- have lots of naps. We love you. Um don't forget to rate us five stars. Even though we're periodic at best, but... We're really trying, but yeah, this... <laughs> we're not going to get into the details of it, but fall 2023 was a lot. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Jen's eyes almost jumped out of her head. They got so big just now. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you. We love you. Give me, give me more. Bye. Bye. <laughs>